Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Netflix and Swill podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I'm your host, Caleb. I'm here. I'm Dan. And we're the TV people. Uh, we're here to tell you about the shows and movies. Wow, I guess we are the TV people. Yeah. I didn't think about that before, but good call. Cable guy. Nah, that's... That's a different movie. I need to rewatch that movie. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie. Word. Ooh. I'll tell you this. If uh, for some reason our trademark gets uh, shot down, that's not a bad podcast That's not title. bad. Dan, cut, cut all huh. this stuff out so no one else remembers it. Eh. Straight off the dome piece, too. Because... I think I told you before, but I was trying to do, uh, it was like, I was trying to come up with, like, original names based off of movies because I, I didn't want, like, to use Netflix, and it was like, Stream Warriors, and it, basically if it, if it was, uh, Dream, it, it became Stream, and stuff like that, uh, and those were all <laughs> taken, which is why I have no problem saying them, uh, but everyone, well, the, the thing you just said is going to be censored because that's what we're going with. Uh, or <laughs> potentially, if things go awry. Uh, I'm good. How are you? Uh, searching for a piece of paper. <laughs> Can't let another idea fly out the window. No, not like this. Not like this. All right. It's written down. It could also be streaming piles of shit. Yeah, but, uh... Apple, uh, uh, the the podcast services don't like the fact that you pu- you put shit in your in your title. <laughs> I got a court order that says your title can't contain shit anymore. Dun dun dun. Uh, I'm fine. Let's see what did I do this week. I, I watched the Penguins lose last night, and that was fucking. <sighs> uh, and by that I mean Saturday night, uh, not Monday. Hopefully not Monday night, because if if they lose Monday night, it's uh, all over. Oh no! Didn't it just begin? And sure, it sure did. Uh, so, in order to here's what the NHL did in order for uh, quote unquote maximum fairness, uh, they they basically took the top twelve teams of each conference and went, "You guys uh, are technically all in the playoffs. The top four seeds get a bye. The uh, other eight seeds are going to play each." Uh, play a five-game series against the corresponding seed. So, like, the Penguins are the fifth seed, so that means they play the twelfth seed. Uh, and let me tell you something. If they lose to the twelfth seed, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. Yikes. Do the thing, win the points, sports. Score goals. I don't care if it's Carey Price. Shoot the fucking puck. Do, don't, don't look for the perfect thing. 
shoot the fucking puck. Uh, how are you? Good. I'm uh very deep into custom crafting my Animal Crossing island right now. I got to, I guess you would call it the end game of uh, the new Animal Crossing game, where you can like completely renovate the island and move all the rivers and cliffs and buildings around. So you become God. Yeah, it takes time and money to do it, so it's not like unlimited, but you can basically customize the island to whatever you want. And, uh, it's good. I, I like fucking leveled everything. Um, it looks like a fucking bomb went off. There is nothing there, and I'm rebuilding it from the ground up in my own image. How much money do you own that, uh, raccoon bastard Tom Nook? Uh, well, I've completely paid off all my loans, so it's just pay-as-you-go, so it's like, um, I've got a few things that I need to demolish, uh, so that's like 10,000 bells each time and like 50,000 bells to, uh, move each building, and you can only do one of each of those things a day, so it's 60,000, which is pretty sustainable to earn that much in a day of just normal gameplay, so. Okay. Uh, it's fine, though. Everything's fine. I've got some neat ideas for how to design it. So, uh, for people who play Animal Crossing, I will probably, um, once I'm satisfied with it, I'll I'll put a code up on my Twitter so people can go on and check out my island. Sounds good. See ya, uh... Keep a lookout for that. Follow Caleb on Twitter. C- at C-Lab 2021. Uh, it, it is a C-Lab joke. I don't get it. No one does. It's an obscure show that five <laughs> people remember. Uh, I did a podcast about it one time. Hey, uh, speaking of doing a podcast, why don't we do our first segment that we like to start off the show with? Uh, it's called What's Your Swill? And it's a segment where we talk about what our swill is. Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans! Stay away from the cans! I'll kick us off with uh, the Foothill Brewing Company's Festival Express IPA. A juicy IPA that's loaded with citrusy hops delivering delicious tropical and stone fruit flavors. Hop on board! Uh, 5.7% alcohol by volume. Uh, I don't see any IBUs here, but that doesn't matter because they're made up. <laughs> so, it's it's a juicy IPA. Now, uh, for those of you who are familiar with Epic Film Guy Justin's taste in beer, he likes the New England-style beers, which is exactly what a juicy IPA is. They just renamed it from a New England IPA to Juicy. Don't know who decided on that, but they did it. Uh, I, It's fine. Uh, I haven't found like that beautiful wonderful new england style that i really love yet that that beautiful wonderful five star review amazing <laughs> yeah i wish it was better i don't know uh i think there was there was a couple back in pittsburgh that i found that i really enjoyed and i just would have to go back through my untapped to find them, and I just don't feel like it. That's just too much effort to download an app and go through all that shit. What do you have? I'm having a Landshark Lager with Lime. Say that five times fast. 
Fins up. It's a wonderful summer beer from the Margaritaville Brewing Company in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, thank you, Jimmy Buffett. What's the, oh, is the Margarita, uh, a fucking blender episode of South Park that I always think of whenever, whenever I think of Jimmy oh, yeah. Buffett. <laughs> you gotta invest in the Margaritaville. Welcome to the table. I'll be able to help you whenever I'm able. <laughs> I need to rewatch some South Park. I was, uh, I was explaining jokes from South Park episodes to one of my coworkers this week, and then I realized that that's like the worst. Oh, so you mean like what we did to Julio uh, about Yu-Gi-Oh on the thread? <laughs> <laughs> and, and he just posted that Ariana Grande photo where she's just blankly staring. My grandpa's deck has no pathetic cards, Kaiba. But what it does have is the unstoppable Exodia. No, not him! No one's ever been able to summon him! <laughs> Exodia, obliterate! My favorite part of that episode is when Joey comes in halfway through the duel and, he, and in his ridiculous uh, Brooklyn accent, he goes, Monsters! Real monsters! And then uh, just kind of like, you never see him again through the rest of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh. I've never watched that show, but it just, it seems fantastic. That first episode is perfect. It's a perfect first episode. And then after that, it's just like, ah, it's friendship bullshit because they decided to make it a children's cartoon. The first season, however, never got released over here because the protagonist uh, would just straight up kill people. Nice. It was great. I've watched it. It's uh, It's top fucking tier. I also appreciate the uh, protagonist reference. I feel like I say protagonist more than I say protagonist, so. <laughs> All right. Uh, before we get into the episode proper, we have a couple of uh, social media updates. So first and foremost, I ran a poll over on Twitter, as per usual, with our main review topics of any week now. Uh, Cursed was our topic last week, and I wanted to know what everyone thought of Cursed. Uh, only 10 of you voted, so... Follow us on Twitter, apparently, because I want more audience interaction. And six of you said that it was a good show, and five of you said a uh, bad show. So, or not five, four of you said bad show. There we go. That's not, that's how numbers work. All right. So, uh, thank you for voting. I I thought that it was a pretty bad show. So, but uh, I thought it was just okay. I'm dead inside and cynical. It's true. Until you see that Nick Offerman actually responds to us on Twitter. Yeah, we were uh, freaking out about uh, American Ham not being on Netflix anymore. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, Sedan shot him a tweet and he replied to it. Uh, let me pull it up here. You, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. Me. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott, Dan Brennick, Caleb Brownlee. Yeah, because we were talking about, I'm like, is is there a is like there there's no harm in this at all? Just like shooting yeah. our shot, just being just shooting a message, and like worst he does is ignore us. I mean, that's that's social media. The worst thing that happens is somebody ignores you. Yeah. Um. So anyway, he says that uh, you can see his comedy specials at nickofferman.co. Uh, where they are available for rental or purchase. 
And uh, with everything going on, he is donating all of the proceeds to americasfoodfund.org. Uh, and I said, I sent him the uh, We're Not Worthy fucking Wayne's World gif and told him I loved his book because uh, I got his book Good Clean Fun. It's about woodworking. I got it for Christmas. Hmm. And Man. then uh, he sent me back a uh, raised fist emoji. So Nick Offerman, pretty cool guy. Oh, did he? I, I missed that one. Yeah. I saw that you sent him back a, a message, but I, I missed that you got a response from him. Yeah. So I'm, I'm somebody now. I wonder if he's going to... Eh, he probably won't listen to the show. No, absolutely not. But hey, if you do, uh, thanks. Uh, and, and now allow me to burn that bridge immediately. He didn't answer my fucking question. He didn't answer my question as to why it's no longer on Netflix. I mean, it's probably something contractual that, like, he probably can't really get into. Sure. And I'm fine with that. I'm just happy that it's available. Yeah. I think ultimately what it is, is that either A, Netflix took it down and he's using that as a way to promote his website. And so he's like, here, go watch my comedy specials on my website and buy everything through my website. That's fine. Or he was like, hey, I want to do something good. I'm co I'm totally fine breaking our contract in order to put my special up on my website in order to donate money to uh, what charity was that again? Uh, the American Food Fund. There it is. So, yeah, uh, it's one of the two. I'm going to lean towards the second one for the sake of being nice, but. Yeah, uh, the the question has been answered. I know that burned at us, it burned at Gerald, it burned at Julio, uh, which, like, Julio's like, it's been five days and I have no answer. I'm like, dude, it's been seven days and I have no answer. How do you think I feel? <laughs> yeah. And like I said, that one had just been stewing around in my brain for a little bit, too, so imagine how I feel. Yeah. And... Uh, it turns out all we needed was Julio because uh, basically after Julio sent out that tweet, Nick Offerman uh, almost immediately responded to our tweet. Well, thanks, Julio. Um, you really, you really came through for us. Fucking Nick Offerman knows of my existence firsthand. I know, right? It's pretty special. Yeah, I will not be drinking more of this this beer today. Is it too juicy? This is not good. It's fine, but it's not good. I would not recommend this to anybody. Uh, speaking of things we can't recommend, uh, let's get into some news. Oh, shit, it's mail time. Man, that would have been a, a perfect segue into downstream. I, I shouldn't have wasted it. You, you wasted it. I could have just cut every. I could have cut everything around and moved it, but now you've ruined it, so yeah. it's over. We wasted the good surprise on you. Uh, variable playback speeds have been launched on Netflix. You can now watch programs as 0.5 speed, 0.75 speed, 1.25 speed, and 1.5 speed. Uh, for people who are either very busy or, um, have a hard time following the plot of Umbrella Academy. <laughs> uh, yes, that's true. Um... I know a lot of people were freaking out about this when it was first being announced to test, and they're like, "Herp derp," but but my but my film craft, and I'm just like, you don't have to use it. I know, 
And that, and that's the thing. I, I don't have to play my podcast at one and a half speed, but I do so I can listen to more of them. Uh, uh, and like, I'm never going to use this. I, I think the only thing this is going to be useful for in my house is for whenever Ashley is doing watch throughs on rabbit ears or for rabbit ears where she's like, all right, I've seen this before. I just kind of want to like get the general gist again, like take some notes on some certain stuff and then just power through and not have to watch, you know, uh, 47,000 million hours on a show before she talks about it for her show. Man, we can binge watch things so quickly now. I didn't even think about that. Especially if like, they're I'm, bad. I'm actually going to use this. Yeah, like if we're just watching something I hate. That, like, I just need, like, if I get to the third episode and I'm just like, this isn't good, I'm not interested in it, I can at least make a fucking run at it. Yeah. Yeah, well, like, when I, when I, uh, you know what, that, that actually might make uh, Warrior Nun pal- palatable. Oh, no. Yeah, you're, I'm sorry, you're right. What, what was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Uh, there will be a new spin-off series for The Witcher. Uh, it's titled The Witcher Blood Orange. Oh god, I fucked that up so bad. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Blood or <laughs> The Witcher Blood Origins, as Dan is now corrected in the Google Doc. Uh it's a six part live action series from Declan Dabara and Lurie Schmidt Hirsch. Hisrich? Hisrich. Hisrich. She is the OG showrunner on The Witcher. So that kind of makes sense. I think she's going to just... I I, want to say this Declan guy is primary showrunner, and she's just there to be like, how does this fit? We want to make sure this fits into our world that we're building for the show. For the main show. Yeah, I fucking... I nailed Declan Dabara, but I tripped over Hisrich. Um, This takes place 1,200 years before... Uh, the main story of the show, mm-hmm. which like the first season, like half of it took place like 800 years before the main story of the show. Yeah. Or something like that. So this is this is in the before time, the long, long ago. Um, So don't don't fucking be mad whenever uh, Gerald of Rivia is not in it. Oh, dude, there's so I'm telling you right now that he's not. There's still going to be people pissed about this. You know it. People are stupid. I'm assuming this is about the... What the fuck is it? Uh, conjunction of the spheres or something? Ooh, or yes. is that from... Is that the thing from uh, Dark Crystal? No, I can't I th- remember. I think that's from Dragon Age? Uh... Too much fantasy. I don't know. There's there's a thing in the history of the Witcher where two worlds collide. Oh yeah, and, that's it. Conjunction uh, of the Power spheres. Man Five Thousand sings about it, and then there's elves. Actually, I think it's uh, I think the world of the Witcher, like it is the world that the elves and dwarves and everything inhabited, and then humans like got dumped there through like a fucking portal, and then just like took over the planet. Because that's how we do. That's how we do. So, like, I I really like that story too. So I'm excited to to check this out because, like, humans as the the hostile invading force is just a neat twist that you don't see nearly enough. 
I think the only other thing that I can recall that did it was uh, Avatar. Not the last Airbender, but the 2010 movie that everyone mm-hmm. forgot about. You mean Dances with Smurfs? Yes, nailed it. Uh, I, I will already c- commend this show uh, and uh, what they're doing with The Witcher uh, for uh, making a prequel series while people still care about the show, as opposed to Game of Thrones, where they made prequel sh- series about the show when no one cares <laughs> about it anymore. Yeah, a- after they had already alienated their fan base. Yeah, so, uh, yes, yeah, Strike While the Iron is hot, uh, and and do uh, this and not what Stranger Things did, which was try to make a backdoor pilot into uh, more episodes <laughs> of the world. All right. Um, the Emmys are an award show. Um, they're apparently still happening in the COVID world. Uh, and Netflix was nominated for 160 of them. Yes. Now, now read the second part of that. Three of those nominations were for Big Mouth. So, uh, fuck the Emmys. Uh, I, I, I wrote... With Big Mouth, re- Big Mouth receiving three, thus nullifying any significance of an Emmy. Yeah. Apparently they just give them out to anybody. How the fuck many Emmy awards do they give out that they... That, like, one production company receives 160 nominations? Like, if they just pass them out like that, like... It kind of just seems like everybody gets one. Kinda. Are the are the Emmys like a participation trophy? Uh, I wouldn't go that far, but are are the Emmys what you get so you don't feel bad about not getting an Oscar? <laughs> Probably, but um, I don't know. I the thing with the, I looked at the PDF. It's a seventy three page PDF of like all the nominees, and it's like this is for like production design, uh, sound design, other shit design. Like it, it's for all the technical categories. All the um, acting, like best drama, and the really the thing that Netflix cares about is best dramatic series and best comedic series because they've never won any of those. Despite the fact that they have like some amazing shows, they have never won either of those awards. So that's what they're really looking for, I think. Uh, and I can't remember who's been nominated because I just can't possibly care. The only thing that matters is that BoJack Horseman was nominated for best animated series. Uh, but not best comedy series, which is just infuriating. Hmm. Do shows like say, "Hey, I I'm interested in pursuing a nomination," and then like the committee decides of from among the applicants who receives the nominations, or what? I don't know. I assume like th- there's that for for your consideration thing, and I assume that like. You you have to have submitted a for your consideration campaign in order to get nominated uh-huh. for that, but I'm not sure because because like it's an award show. I ultimately don't care. Please stay tuned for the Swillies in January. <laughs> I don't know. It could have been uh, like they were just trying to play it safe and say like, hey, we'll 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 put this show up for this category, but not this category. But I don't I don't know the process, and I'm not like I don't care enough to try to figure out their process. So, uh, I mean, that's the only show I cared about in terms of Emmys. I wanted to win Best Animated Series for its final season because uh, 
God, if 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 it's Big Mouth or uh, Rick and Morty, uh, I'm going to shoot myself in the foot, not in the head, but in the foot. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Rick and Morty's the smartest show on TV. There's a there's an episode where the main character turns himself into a pickle, and then everybody Caleb, lost their fucking mind. Caleb, I'm a pickle. I fucking I fucking hate Rick and Morty. The first two seasons were very good. And then it just, I don't know, it really did, it really did take a big shit after that. I've not watched season four yet because it's not on any streaming service, so. Yeah, I haven't watched it because I'm not interested to. All right, our next piece of news is that Millie Bobby Brown will star in and produce The Girls I've Been, uh, a new Netflix film adapted from a, a Tess Sharp novel. Uh, it's a thriller that will follow a con, uh, a con artist, not a corn artist, uh, who must use her powers <laughs> of persuasion and, and impersonation to free herself, her girlfriend, and ex-boyfriend from a bank hostage si- situation. So, uh, this sounds incredibly generic. Uh, yeah, it sounds... <sighs> I don't know, I... Hmm. I'm still, I'm still at that, like thing with Millie Bobby Brown that like I can't tell if she's any good at acting. Yeah. But I think that like early success may have ruined her. It's possible. I think we're like I mentioned on Twitter, but like they Netflix signed their production deal with her and her production company. So they're really pushing that and we're really by the end of that deal, we are going to see if she's going to stick in Hollywood. Because we have the Enola yeah. Holmes movie coming out this year. This is probably coming out next year, assuming, you know, viruses and shit. But. Yeah. Well, Dan, it's all going to go away after the election. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. <laughs> it, you can't shock me with anything regarding COVID anymore. You can't. It's not possible. So yeah, we will we will see with Millie Bobby Brown and uh, determine if she is a good actress or not. I hope that they get back to production on Stranger Things and finish it, and that you know the fourth season is good, and that it's the final season because Millie Bobby Brown's going to soon become too old to play that role because uh, she's like going to be fucking taller than. Uh, Winona Ryder <laughs> and uh, Finn Wolfhard is looks like a fucking uh, scarecrow. So, yeah. Uh, also, Millie Bobby Brown's stylist dresses her like a forty-year-old woman. Yeah, but what's with that, though? I don't understand it. Like, like if you go uh, 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 for whatever reason, when I whenever I go on my Discover on Instagram. It's just Millie Bobby Brown, like, stan accounts, and it just yeah. shows pictures of her. I'm like, how old is she? And I have to, like, Google it every day because I'm like, how old? Like, because she looks like she's, like, like uh, she she's the, the mother of, like, four kids, and she's a stay-at-home mom now, and her husband goes out and he, he runs a yeah. banking firm. It's strange. Um, I mean, we've seen Stranger Things. Hey, ha cha cha cha. Also, her name is Bobby Brown. Yeah, she's probably gonna do a lot of cocaine in her mid twenties. <laughs> I mean, she can afford it. She can aff- afford dump trucks of cocaine. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't under I don't understand why she kept the Bobby in there. It's not like the nineties where you need a middle name to be successful. It's not like she's gonna be the next Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yeah, she might. Child child star? Flames out to do yeah. nothing? Man, there were was was the youngest Home Alone kid a three name kid? Because he had Zachary Ty Bryan, you uh-huh. had Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Uh, home Improvement is what you meant. What did I say? Home Alone. Oh, because I was thinking of Macaulay Culkin for some reason. Uh, like just as its own. Oh my thing. god, like, he did! I just, I just thought of him. We have uh, Zachary Ty Bryan, we have Jonathan Taylor Thomas, and their brother was. Taryn Noah Smith. Jesus. Wow. <laughs> That's kind of amazing, actually. Yeah. Uh, speaking of people with too many names, Jean-Claude Van Damme is coming to Netflix in the upcoming French action comedy The Last Mercenary. Van Damme plays a former Secret Service agent who returns to France after his son becomes falsely accused of arms and drug trafficking. We've all been there. Yeah. I just got cleared of those charges last week. Thanks to Liam Neeson for some reason. Yeah. Thanks to your dad coming back to France. If my dad... <laughs> my dad... No. <laughs> uh, I have the picture of my dad in my head, and uh, I, my mom says that she's had him on a weight loss program, but I can't get the... I, I can't shake the feeling that it didn't work. So I'm just imagining <laughs> my dad in his current shape trying to uh, do anything re- re- revolving around, like, actual action movie shit, and he he's dead. He's dead of a heart attack. Oh, no. Next, I'll get a text message uh, from my mom saying, no, your dad's actually in much better health. He's lost 30 pounds or something like that. I don't fucking know. Mom, tell me, uh, give me an update. Help us out, Linda. We're dying here. <laughs> I mean, actually, I'm just crouched in an elevator shaft, but I'm dying here. We got a word for Nazis in Brooklyn, pal. I'm comfortable with being called a Nazi. You care what you call me in Brooklyn? Yeah, think <laughs> before you talk shit. All right, uh, final piece of news, and I'm just going to combine these two. Uh, Ubisoft is work- working with Netflix in regards to a Splinter Cell animated series and a film adaptation of the epic space pirate adventure that's their words uh beyond good and evil uh i'm interested in the beyond good and evil adaptation but uh also uh make a rayman movie you cowards yeah uh i've never played a single second of beyond good and evil so uh everyone else can be excited about this for me I've looked at screenshots of it. it seems interesting. Uh, this is another thing where Corey is like the lore master of it. It's like Kingdom Hearts, but not. Like apparently, this is actually coherent as opposed to Kingdom Hearts, which is just uh, Disney nonsense. Oh, okay. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts is uh, dumb. Kingdom Hearts three was actually Kingdom Hearts ten, because uh, they don't know how to title those games. Yeah. Uh, and Splinter Cell, all I want is for them to bring back my- Michael Ironside. Yeah, Michael Ironside needs to be the voice of Sam Fisher, and if he's not, uh, fuck this show. In reality, I'll probably give it a shot anyway, but... Man, the best thing about Kingdom Hearts was building the gummy ship. 
Did you actually play Kingdom Hearts? Uh, I played the first one up until I got to, uh, I think it's like the second or third to last level uh, called Hollow Bastion. It's like this big empty castle where you uh, you get Beast from Beauty and the Beast to join your team. And uh, that's as far as I got, and I never finished it. Makes sense. It was a fine game. It uh, the series really spun out of control after that, but it's one of those things. Like they had an idea and they went for it, but then like they just kept going. It for just it? became an it, yeah. It just became an excuse to like shove some more Disney characters in there. Uh, speaking of just shoving a bunch more shit in there, uh, it's downstream. Baby, I can't control the internet. Oh my god. Uh, our first trailer is for a uh, crossover event series called Game On, a comedy crossover event. Uh, this, this features four family comedy shows on Netflix, uh, and they're all going to become part of one fucking thing. This looks like the worst. I mean, yes, but... Uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> But we are going to watch it. I mean, uh, for for one very large reason. Where where's the big show? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, what are the four shows? It's the Big Show show. Uh, Mister Iglesias. Alex Garcia, teenage genius. I think is what it's called. I've never heard of that. Uh, it just recently came out on Netflix, so that's why you haven't heard of it. Which is why it's weird that they're already including it in a crossover event. Like, uh, it, it feels like that show would have been replaced by uh, One Day at a Time. Uh, before they canceled One Day at a Time. And then it moved to Pop okay. TV. Uh, and I don't know what the third one is, or the fourth one is. It's uh, It's got uh, one of the sisters from Sister Sister, and I can't remember her fucking name right now. Oh, that one. It's either Tia or Tamara Maori. Man, why did they cancel one day at a time? Uh, no one knows. But it, it immediately got picked up, so obviously there was uh, no problem. Is it? Is it Family Reunion? Is that it? That sounds right, yeah. I forgot that show existed. Netflix didn't, somehow. I I know with all the shit they put out, it's like oh, surprised you remembered about this. Yeah. So yeah, they're competing, or I don't fucking know. This looks like absolute chaos, and <laughs> I'm probably gonna be there for it. I don't even know what they're supposed to be doing. It's it's some sort of series of competitions that they're participating in. I don't know why or for what. I think the trailer said that, like, whoever wins gets to have a, a big burrito or something. Whoever wins doesn't get canceled. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's going to be the big show. He can defeat them all. I mean, <laughs> uh, every, time the, every time I think about the Royal Rumble... I always think of every time the big show enters, they're just like, he's so big, how can anyone throw him over the top rope? And then inevitably, someone always throws him over the top rope. 
it's a story every time and every time it's just like, ah, oh, look how strong this person is. Or, wow, look at all these people teaming up to throw the big show over the top rope. I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to gain 200 pounds and become a professional wrestler. I'm going to call myself the large display. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, speaking of large displays, we have a trailer for the series Teenage Bounty Hunters. This is uh, about a, a, a twins. Oh, shut the fuck up. You shut the fuck up. You're worse than Alexa. Everything's fine. Uh, it's about... a. I, I was going to say a couple of twins, but then I realized that would just be completely unnecessary because... Twins implies two as it is, uh, who uh, are bounty hunters and also teenagers. Yeah, and also in high school and also horny idiots. I'm not going to lie. I'm actually really looking forward to watching this. You're a fucking dumb piece of shit. It looks so stupid, but I'm here for it. Warrior Nun, there was enough there that I was <sighs> like, ah, that looks that looks dumb. I don't want to be here for that. This, I, I laughed a little bit. I, I, I want to watch it. I'm not saying it's gonna be a topic, but I want to watch it. Yeah, don't don't drag me down with you. No, you're going down. This is this is this is a two man ship. I feel like the fucking uh, string quartet on the fucking Titanic that was like just trying to keep everybody else calm while this sip shank. Did I say sip shank? Yes. Shit. Uh, let's do quick hits. It's where we talk about things we watched. Uh, so I don't, I don't really have anything to contribute. So why don't you lay it on me? Sure. Uh, I also didn't watch anything on Netflix this week, but uh, tangentially related to the show. Uh, we did our guest spot of movie reviews and 20 cues with Sam uh, regarding Independence Day. He mentioned a Nicolas Cage movie that was available to rent now called Inconceivable. Uh, this stars Nicolas Cage, Gina Gershon, uh, and someone who kind of looks like Leslie Bibb. Uh, but it's not Leslie Bibb because she's an Aussie. Uh, where the fuck do I even start with this movie? It's uh, very bad. Because it's supposed to be a thriller, but it never feels like a thriller because I never feel like at any point in time there's anything thrilling happening. Uh, the general gist is like uh, Gina Gershon and Nicolas Cage play a hot young couple uh, who are incapable of having children uh, because Gina Gershon is like in her 50s in real life, which makes total sense. Uh, but I think they're supposed to be like early 40s. Uh, and Nicolas Cage looks bloated from coke and also looks like the director was like, oh, Nick, uh, I, I said John Cusack, not Nicolas Cage. So the makeup department mm -hmm. went in and tried to make him look like John Cusack uh, to, to poor effect. Uh, so uh, they, they've like used surrogate donor, like they've used a donor. Uh, now they want to use a surrogate with a donor egg. Uh, and that's uh, the woman played by not Leslie Bibb. And she, uh, tur it turns out she murdered people because reasons. It's a, it's a very dumb movie. Uh, and it's not even entertaining. Like, it's not even entertaining bad. Like, uh, Alien Private Eye. Entertaining bad movie. Because it's just like, what the fuck at every point. Uh, during Inconceivable, I was uh, ridiculously bored. Because 
Nothing was happening. And they weren't setting anything up. The dialogue in particular is terrible. This is a badly written movie. Uh, compounded onto the fact that you have Nicolas Cage not doing anything. He is uh, the most supporting character I've seen Nicolas Cage portray in a long fucking time. And I feel like if you're getting Nicolas Cage, you need him to star. And they didn't do that. It was a Gina Gershon movie, and that's fine. They just shouldn't have gotten Nicolas Cage to be her husband. Makes no sense. So uh, don't spend the three ninety nine on Inconceivable, and instead watch anything else. Okay. That's it. Uh, I watched a bunch of other stuff, but I don't want to talk about it here. It's, it's fine. All right. Well, why don't we hop into a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about our main review for the week. Uh, the classic film Poltergeist. The Netflix and Swole podcast is brought to you by our patrons. Gerald from Two Peas on the podcast, Nick and Justin from the Epic Film Guys podcast, Paul from the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews podcast, the IMDb Journey podcast, Julio from the Contrarians podcast, Ashley Gorski from the Rabbit Ears TV podcast, Nate Wade from the Everyone Has a Story podcast, Bill Sutton, James Delarosa, Ben Kiefer, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, and Dan's mom. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at patreon.com slash Netflix and Swill. In order to reach a wider audience, the show needs Apple Podcast reviews. To leave us a review, follow the link in the show notes or search for the show on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening and helping us grow. Our audience is at the heart of everything we do. You make the one-star movies worth it. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Caleb, it is time to talk about our main view topic for the week, Poltergeist. Poltergeist is a 1982 horror thriller movie. Uh, this is directed by Toby Hooper, uh, which there is some debate about. Uh, written by yep. Steven Spielberg and uh, screenplay, uh, screenplay even by Michael Gray. Uh, stars Joe Beth Williams, Heather O'Rourke, and coach Craig T. Nelson. This is a 7.3 yeah. out of 10 on IMDb. Dan, what do you think of Poltergeist? I like it. It's interesting. Like, like this almost, and I know uh, the, the, the whole controversy of Toby Hooper directed, uh, and maybe even Steven Spielberg directed, but like, feels a bit like Jaws at the beginning, because it's just like, setting up a lot of things like it, there there isn't scares yeah. immediately like right off the bat like you see with modern horror it's just like oh here's this weird situation that happened to this family does anything come of it we'll find out oh this movie was fine um it's uh it's a movie that i've heard about like a bajillion million times over and over and uh i think the the hype ran away with it for me a bit Sure. Um, this is like one of the most memed movies ever, because like every like animated show or you know like spoof thing has done like thirty million copies of this. Yeah, the one I recognize the most is the Family Guy one, where it's basically the entire runtime of, or like yeah, the, the entire... entire episode except carrot tops in it now. <laughs> I mean, that's. Uh, I mean, what's what's stranger than a woman who sounds very raspy is uh, Carrot Top. 
<laughs> uh, I don't know. So, like, I knew just about everything that happened in this movie, but I guess yeah. not, not like in the order that it happened or something. I don't know. Um, I, this is pretty good. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I don't know if I care enough to revisit it, but now it's a feather in my cap. I have seen Poltergeist. Yeah, that's the thing for me. It's like, I've seen Poltergeist. I don't know if I'm ever going to watch it again, just because it's like, I, I didn't, you, like, watching that, I think back to that Family Guy episode, I'm like, I didn't realize how much of Poltergeist I've technically seen because of that episode. (laughs) Because that episode is literally just Poltergeist shrunk down to 22 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. It's like every plot beat. Yeah. Which, I mean, imitation's the sincerest form of flattery, but... So, like, I'm fine, like, I don't, I don't know, like, understanding it as a cultural thing, like, yeah, I'm glad I saw it, but otherwise, like, I saw it, I'm done, I don't need to watch it again, like, I, I like it, I... I understand where, like, a lot of the things come from. And I do like a lot of elements of it, and I don't want to talk about it, like, through the lens of Family Guy. I want to talk about it as itself. Yeah, this is uh, a fairly standard, I guess, Haunted House movie. Like, the, like it set the bar for Haunted House movies. Yeah. Um, so, according to the IMDb description, a family's home is haunted by a host of demonic ghosts. Uh, that's kind of what it's about, but like, I don't know, like the, the kid disappears, um, Mm -hmm. like there's not really like ghosts in it. It's like, it, it, it is what it says on the tin. Like it's a poltergeist, which is like, uh, not really a ghost that like haunts a place. It's like a force that moves shit around. Right. So like, uh. Like, things fly around in the house, and, like, fucking tree comes to life and tries to eat the kid, and there's a fucking, uh, this kid has a fucking, like, disgusting clown toy for some reason that, like, he hates and ends up coming after him at one point, uh, which, like, you know the whole movie that it's going to, and then it finally does. Yeah, it, as Ashley called it, it was Chekhov's clown. <laughs> that's pretty good I don't know I think the closest thing in like modern era that I can compare this to is Insidious like Insidious has a lot of this movie's DNA yes plus like uh, just like generic haunted house stuff thrown in Um, yeah. I I think my favorite part of this movie is when they get the uh, the paranormal people to come in and uh yeah. all the paranormal shit starts happening and they're just so they're just so matter of fact about describing it and it's like oh wait a minute electrical surge oh wait and now two times and then it's like oh wait what the fuck they're just so cavalier about it and like the paranormal people are like oh this is fucking amazing <laughs> uh i made vanessa laugh really hard while we were watching it cuz like whenever the the actual like physical ghost does show up mm mm-hmm. Um, I made a Ghostbusters reference, and I turned to her and I was like, oh man, it's a class three free-roaming vapor. <laughs> she just laughed and called me a fucking dumb piece of shit. What a loving relationship. <laughs> I mean, that's my relationship too, but 
And that's how you know it's the best. Yeah. So, like, whenever weird shit first starts happening, like, um, well, it's, as is typical, I guess, in these kind of movies, like, the kids notice it first. Right. Uh, and then the mom, and she, like, like, she's kind of giddy about it. Like, she's like, huh, you said something at this one point in the kitchen, it slides across the room, and all this shit. So she's, like, got it marked out on the floor and stuff. So whenever uh coach gets home she is like showing him this shit and like uh i was expecting the the science dad i don't believe this thing that movies do right but he is just immediately like you're right that's fucking weird what's happening and then like his life starts to fall apart so i appreciate that it doesn't do that whole thing where it spends 45 minutes of screen time Trying to convince the dad to believe his eyes and ears. Yeah, he's just like, oh, yeah, I believe it. The other thing is, like, it doesn't start out as, as malevolent. It just kind of, like, seems fun. Like, it, like ch- stacking chairs, throwing chairs across the room, sliding objects across the room. It seems fun. Mm-hmm. Up until uh, when uh, the tree starts to eat the child. <laughs> the tree eats the kid. Uh, and the other kid gets banished to the Shadow Realm. Thanks to Exodia. Uh, so then the movie kind of shifts gears and becomes like, uh, they're trying to unravel what's happening and so that they can track down and recover their daughter, who is, uh, like trapped between planes, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's when you get like the paranormal investigators, which is, I th- I would have to say my favorite part of the whole movie. Really, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. It's um like it literally is like the super team from Insidious. Like they they copy pasted that. So it's oh, like two yeah. two guys who are like tech nerds who have all their cameras and shit. Uh and then there's like a woman who's a medium and uh well in this movie, she's very small. Um, so, and uh, I, I suppose if she was on the run from the police, she would be a small medium at large. It's fucking dumb joke. In the show! <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, she's like kind of explaining what's going on and she's like very very spiritual like in tune with the spirit world and uh tells him like you know no matter what happens you have to go along with me on this right you know even if it even if it goes against everything you've ever believed even if it goes against your beliefs as a christian which i thought was like a weird addendum to that but okay because it's like, what have we seen that shows that this family is Christian, other than the fact that they're yeah. white and live in America? Well, like, also, like, they're responsible adults, but, like, they still get down and party. Like, the first scene of the of the couple together was, like, they're fucking rolling up a doobie, and they're just, like, high and being goofballs. I hear you've been using your paper not for writing, but, but for, for rolling, rolling doobies. doobies. 
I'm sure that sounded great for our listeners. Um, It'll be fine. I, I can compress it. It'll be fine. <laughs> so they do the thing. They get the kid. And then the woman says, this house is clean. Uh, but she's full of shit because it, it's still bad. Yeah. Because, like, I, I watched that and I'm like, huh. Why hasn't the house disappeared? I know the house is supposed to disappear. Yeah, I know the house disappears. Why isn't it disappearing? But and, and it's just like, and this is where like the movie loses me because it's like, huh? So this is the end of the movie, and then like, I, I guess it's cool that like it comes back and it's like, oh wait, no, there's ten more minutes of the movie to go. Like, there's still more scares to come, and maybe this is where like the DNA of the one more scare at the end of movies came from. But this does it way better than those, uh, because those are just like a uh, jump scare at the end. And this is just like more fucking insanity. I don't know what the movie's intent with that was. I don't either. Because like whenever whenever she does the thing and like, you know, puts the ghost to rest and they're all going to be fine. Um, Like she she tells him, like, everything's going to be fine. And then everything's not fine. So, like, does she just not know? Like, it has she been a charlatan this whole time? Like, is she just kind of going through the paces and figuring out along with them? Or yeah, that's a good that's a good question. I because like up until that point, up until like they move out, it seems like the house has gone back to normal. So maybe it tricked her. Ultimately, like she maybe she did actually have powers and. The house just fooled her. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That final sequence, though, uh, pretty cool. So, like, I guess Craig T. Nelson's character, uh, he's like a real estate developer, or you know, works for a real estate development firm, uh, like selling these, these, like. Row houses, basically. It's a housing development. They have, like, 30,000 identical houses that are just copy-pasted down the street. Yeah, that, I, I've lived in one of those housing plans, so, like, yeah, that makes that makes total sense. So he lives in one, and he sells them to new people who want to live in them. Uh, and this weird stuff starts happening, and he finds out that uh, where his home is was originally part of a cemetery that they moved uh to cuz like this company acquired the land and they decide to build houses there but uh uh-oh Mr. Cheapskate boss was looking at the bottom line and they couldn't afford to dig up all of the graves and move the bodies they just moved the headstones so there's just d- d- dead people under their house and i have an which, issue uh, with that because like, they were digging for the swimming pool well not only that but they're they're like to build those houses you have to have a foundation and mm-hmm. and there's no way you didn't come across some fucking bodies while digging up the foundation right but i mean that's the that's the premise they're going with so that's fine i can i can buy into it um we do get some cool sequences where like Shit really goes fucking bananas, and there's just, like, caskets rising up out of the ground, fucking super ghouls and ghost style, and, like, skeletons jumping out of them and shit. Uh, it's all very fun and cool. 
Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Like it just went like like ultimately it's not a lot of like insanity for this this family. It's just like that one room where all the all the things happen. And then just like towards the end when the house is like extra pissed at it, it's just like, Alright, fuck you and fuck your house entirely and just completely destroys the thing by shoving coffins up to the ground. <laughs> yeah, and then uh they all finally manage to run outside and then we get that really cool implosion effect. Uh, which was all practical. I don't know how they did it, but like the the implosion scene was like a practical effect, and it's very neat. That's actually crazy. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I have no idea how they did it. Well, damn. Uh, damn. Well, and that's something I was gonna say. Like they they do use some like CG stuff and. It looks bad, but I mean, it's also the 80s, and CG from that era looks bad, but it doesn't look, like, so bad as, like, the computer animated shit of today that looks fucking atrocious. It just looks off, uh, and I appreciate that, and when they're not using CG, they're using good practical effects, like the the way the, the closet looks when it turns into, like, that, uh, I'm assuming, demon mouth thing that looks fucking horrifying and awesome. The Beast. Yeah. Yeah, that thing was really cool. Uh, is there anything else you want to say about Poltergeist? Uh, I'm glad that I watched this. Uh, thanks for the memories. I'm probably not going to add this to any of my favorite movies of all time lists or anything by any means. So Right. Uh, it's, it's decent. And, uh... It it definitely had an effect on the genre for a long time, so... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, pretty much exactly what you said. I, nothing else to really say. It's just like, uh, influential on the genre, uh, n- something I will never revisit. Okay. Uh, what would you rate it? Uh, three and a half out of five. It's good. It's three and a half out of five. It's good. Hooray! Alright, um... Well, stick around for a couple minutes here, and we'll tell you about something that's not good in our cautionary tale of Netflix. It wasn't, it wasn't even a cool dog, like a Rottweiler. <laughs> no, it's like, no, a schnauzer. schnauzer almost took me off the earth. <laughs> so, did you drink a lot? Did you yeah. uh, do drugs? I mean, what? Yeah, I, yes, to both. <laughs> and I gotta tell you, I, I was an ass. Really? For the bulk of those years. Okay. Just and like what you mean, arrogant? The, the arrogant. It was just all about Phil Moon, whatever Phil Moon could do to benefit Phil Moon. Okay. Uh, and I didn't care who I walked on, who I stepped on, who I angered. Have you ever passed someone on the sidewalk and wondered what their story is? What makes them tick? What makes them who they are? I'm Nathan Wade, and I'm the host of Everyone Has a Story podcast. Each week, we interview an average person and explore the events that have impacted, shaped, and molded them into the individuals they are today. In this world of vicious social media rants and bitter partisan politics, we need to put the Facebook down, shut the Fox News or CNN off, and take our neighbor a plate of cookies. I'm trying to do my small part here to bring people a little closer together. So grab your favorite beverage, find a comfy chair, and join me in on the conversation. 
Everyone Has a Story releases a new episode every Monday morning. You can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You can also listen and subscribe at everyonehasastorypodcast.com. Remember, everyone is unique. Everyone has a story. What's yours? Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for uh, a cautionary tale of Netflix where we tell you about bad movies. Welcome to Cautionary Tales of Netflix. We're Netflix and Swill. You know, one-star movies are terrible. They'll make you want to gouge your fucking eyes out. And that's what this show is all about. Warning people about the dangers of shitty movies. And this week's bad movie is 2009's Splice. This is a drama horror sci-fi movie directed by Vincenzo Natale. And it stars Adrian Brody and Sarah Pauly. It's a 5.7 on IMDb. It's .4 stars above Tall Girl. <laughs> I haven't checked the rating on Tall Girl lately. I wonder if it went up or down, because I keep referring to it uh, as being a 5.3. Oh, it's 5.2. Man, it's a half a star better than Tall Girl. Damn. According to the internet. Getting savaged. Uh, this is a movie about uh, a guy that really fucks up and doesn't <laughs> kill the thing. Yep. On any of the multiple occasions that he had to try to do so. Um, it's about two awful people who um, don't care about science and just like constantly enable each other to make shitty decisions. Yep, 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 yep. Um, and there's not really a protagonist. It's just three villains. It's just events happening in the movie. And like normally that's fine. But the thing is, it's like I became so checked out with everything at a certain point that I was just like, okay, fine, you do whatever. I'm just going to know that you're all fucking god awful. Yeah. This is like, it's like a weird, like, David Lynch fever dream. Like, I feel like this movie wants to be species. Um, but like, man, I don't know. The tagline is they created a monster. Because nobody wants to see Martian in a war. They want shady on chopped liver. <laughs> but if you want shady, this is what I'll give you. A little, a little bit, bit of weed, weed some hard licks. Some hard could have jumped something hard quicker than the shocks when I get shocked at the hospital by the doctor when I'm not cooperating, when I'm rocking the table while he's operating. I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Fuck, we really don't want to talk about this movie. I want to there there's certain things I, I need to talk about with this movie. So we we have these two science people and they're like we're going to create things and they're going The movie gonna... tells us that they're scientists. Well, sure. There's no there's no science in this movie. And, and the other so we'll start with that. There's no science, but the thi the thing with this movie is everything is obvious and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. trite. And not well constructed. Like they work at a lab called Nerd. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nerd is the name of their lab. I couldn't tell you what it stands for. It is an acronym, but or and then uh, well, yeah, they they needed it to be called nerd. Yes, uh, and then the creature that they create, uh, its name is nerd spelled backwards. Because I mean, what? So like they're teaching in English and it spells the word nerd, and they're like, oh my god, it's associating, and it's like, no. It's written on your fucking shirt. That's not what associating means, you idiot. But then yeah. then she reads the tiles upside down, and she's like, Dren, the name is Dren now. And it's like, cool. Great. The other problem is during our pseudoscience uh, montage thing they do, like, ten minutes in order to start creating Dren, um, Adrian Brody's character says something along the lines of, turn off this industrial fascist rock garbage. And then they put on jazz music. And I'm just like, this is the fucking stupidest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's not an qu- indictment against jazz or rock music. I'm just saying that's something someone her- overheard in like a bar and thought it sounded smart. So they copied it down and just sh- like crammed it into a script. Yeah. Real quick aside from doing our podcast. Um, I have my... I have my tortoise in here with me, and he was uh, digging around and making a lot of noise. So I took his uh, food dish and set it on top of him because it like freaked him out and made him like sit still. Yes. Uh, but he eventually like the spell wore off, and now he's just walking around carrying it on his back, and it's fucking hilarious. That's that's much better than anything <laughs> in this movie. It really is. Whew. I watched the intro credit sequence for this movie and I was already like ready to check out. Yeah. Uh it's like that early two thousands kind of credit credit sequence and you're just like, eh. Yeah. God. It's like we're not gonna just show you the credits, so we have to make it stylish. It's like they watched Spider Man two and we're like, ah, yes, this, this is what we want out of our intro credits. Yeah. Spider Man, but except flesh. And all the names are written in blood vessels and stuff. Um, Instead of webs. Actually, it reminds me a lot of uh, the intro credits to Alien Resurrection, which is another bad movie, which is way better than this. I believe Uh, it. So this begins with a birth sequence of like one of their weird hybrid chimera monsters, uh, which is a five-pound maggot. That is born from, like, a test tube thing. Uh, so they they carry out this giant, like, flesh wad maggot creature that they made from God knows what animals all scrumbled together. And uh, Sarah Polly's immediate reaction, it's so cute. Um, yeah. It looks like a naked mole rat without a uh, head or any limbs. Yeah. Um then there's then there's the scene of them doing science uh which is when the computer's telling them if they're the gene spliced successfully or not. So the computer sits idly for a couple minutes and then pops up a a Windows ME fucking error message that says uh the splice failed. And then, like, a couple minutes later, it pops up a, a little window that says, Splice successful. 
Listen. And I was just like, I don't know what the computer's criteria are for displaying whether it's a success or a failure, but um, I don't know. It's just like the, the, the people who made the movie knew that science existed and they wanted to see how heavily they could abstract it uh, to get some cheap thrills. I would like to point um, out. Your favorite movie of all time has a very uh, computer leap of logic in it, uh, which I, I find to be similar in a similar vein. Now, this is obviously dumber, but uh, th- there there is a similarity there. So I don't think you can immediately shit on this and say this is the worst thing ever. Uh oh the the fucking simulation thing and the thing. Yeah. It's like, uh, that's, uh, Earth that will be assimilated so in like uh, 386 days or something like that. It's like, what? <laughs> I fucking love that scene so much, but it's, it's easily the worst scene in the movie. Um, also, as of recording, uh, Wilford Brimley just passed away today. So. Diabetes. I need to rewatch the thing. Yeah, man, what a what a cool dude. He I just was. watched the thing when Nico Morricone died, so I can't watch it again until the first goddamn week of winter. Yeah, fair. Um, so they splice this like little rabbit thing, and for some reason it grows into a human child with backward legs and a tail. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then they put a dress in it on it. Yep. Um, and this was when I started like spamming our our Twitter chat with uh fucking like gifs of uh Austin Powers like waking up from being cryogenically frozen and being really confused. Uh and then there was one from uh Adventure Time of the lemon grab character writing a note, folding it up and handing it to Princess Bubblegum, and she unfolds it and reads it and it says, Unmake me. Yep. So we, we we now have to skip forward because we get to the most important part of the movie. We have to get to the most important part of the movie, which is the fucking scene. So the creature develops much faster than normal humans for whatever reason. They, I I know the scientists figured out that the creature's growth rate is accelerated because they tell me that it is. Um, despite the so, fact that we can obviously see it. So it, it grows to adulthood in a matter of a few months. Um, and it's basically just turns into a, uh, like a normal looking woman so that they, like her eyes are a little too far apart, but like they wanted she to just, just have like an actress. Fine. Yeah. They just wanted to have an actress. Stand there and sometimes do like CGI weird legs and a tail, but otherwise just have a fucking person there so they can stop blowing all of their hundred dollar budget on, um, on special effects so that they could get some Cheetos for the craft services table. (laughs) So these two scientists have been raising this creature and like it's, it's intelligent, like it, it doesn't talk. Really, yeah, but it, but, but it, like it, it recognizes it makes things. like clicks and stuff, and like it has, it, it like it's clearly intelligent, uh, and then for some fucking reason, um, Adrian Brody fucks it. Yep, because it's releasing pheromones. 
is, is the implied reason. Uh, the, the real reason is that for science. Yeah. Uh, so there's, and like, the scene goes on for like, a while. Oh yeah. Yeah, we see a lot of thrusts from Adrian Brody. He's really going for this. Like, he apparently thought this was going to be his, uh, big comeback. Yeah. At first, like, the creature, like, puts its weird bird leg up and, like, grabs the thing and's, like, pinning him and has, like, its tail wrapped around him and shit. Which is fucking weird. Uh, but then, like, but then he's just doing it. Yeah, he he's really into it. I, it's, it's a bizarro scene. Uh, I can't believe it actually happened. Uh, but I started cheering there's, when it there's did. There's a couple... <laughs> There's a few words that I'm going to say real quick. Uh, incest, pedophilia, bestiality. Yep. Because this scene has all three. It's a, it's the greatest scene in the movie. It really is. Like, it's, it's a bad, I mean, it's a bad movie. Let's, let's start off by saying that. But, like, this scene is so outlandish that it turns into a fucking comedy. And, and I use fucking in every sense that you could possibly use fucking for this sentence because I just started hysterically laughing as Adrian Brody <laughs> fucked this chicken leg motherfucker. <laughs> See, I was uh, like, I was aghast when this happened, but like, there's, uh, there's another scene later on that we'll get to. But, like, that's the scene where I just started hysterically laughing. But, uh, uh, I digress. So, like, the monster continues to get more and more out of control. Um, they had, like, a press event thing where they showed these, like, maggot monsters that they created. Uh, the, and, like, the, like, there was a male and a female. They were a mated pair. So they were holding this press conference for like, hey, this is the cool science we did, and these things can like help us advance medical technology. Now we're gonna put them in a cage together and let the news media watch them fuck. Um yep. so these two creatures go into the thing together, uh, and they both produce like a talon out of their weird, squishy maggot faces, uh, and just violently destroy each other. Uh and then, like, the fucking cage they're in, uh, fuck, they're in, like, an aquarium thing, uh, it breaks, and, like, the whole crowd gets splattered with blood and shit, and it's like, oh man, these guys didn't even know they were in the splash zone. <laughs> um, also, like, the, <laughs> those creatures, they were called Ginger and Fred, um, like, I'm aware that they're, they were named after Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire, but I was really mad that they didn't make a ginger splice joke. I don't get it. Uh, I don't know. And then I sent like five face palming gifts to our chat, uh, which I am using as notes to describe my <laughs> yeah. experience yeah, of the that's movie. That's exactly what I'm doing. Um, I said I want to find the people responsible for this movie and make them pay. Uh. <laughs> Oh, this is when the fucking scene happened. I said, no, 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 God, why? He's fucking it. And then they're really showing the whole thing. Yep. 
Uh, and then Ashley says, there it is. You now reach rock bottom. And then I post a John Cena gift saying, are you sure about that? Because <laughs> it gets worse. There's, there is only one way this could get any worse. And, uh, they do it. So science girl walks in on science boy fucking the monster. And she's like, you're sick. Uh, but also her, I'm going to clone myself along with a bunch of animals and treat it like my daughter. Um, and then the other thing happens, uh, which is, I, I kind of predicted it a couple moments before it happened in the movie, because, uh, like, when the two creatures destroyed each other, they found out that, like, the female one had, uh, kind of spontaneously changed sex and was now a male, and the two males were aggressive towards each other and killed each other. Uh-huh. Uh, so I said, oh man, if the monster changed from female to male and fucks the woman now too, I'd be so happy. Two minutes later, oh god, it's happening. Oh god. And then, uh, a series of crying, laughing emojis. But, uh, in the worst way possible, because it, it, it turns into a rape, so like- It's, it's fully a, a rape scene, yeah. The, the, so the, what happens here is that like, uh, a guy shows up who's been like their overseer and he's like, I want you to show me the thing because like, I know there's a thing here because this yeah, guy, yeah, and told I'm me. the science boss. And then, uh, they, uh, they take, they take him out and then, uh, the thing, then the Dren starts murdering people, uh, including Adrian Brody because, uh, he is also a male and therefore threatens his male, his now male tendencies. Uh, and, and then proceeds to fuck Sarah Polly. Yeah. Uh, also, like, the makeup on the creature effect is atrocious in that scene. Um, and they also day for nighted the whole, like, climax scene. Oh, yeah. Where, like, the monster's actually doing the killing. If you are unfamiliar with day for night, uh, it's very simple. It just means they shot during the day, but then just threw, like, a bunch of garbage filters over it in order to make it look like it was nighttime. Well, like, it was also really obvious that they did, too, because, like, at the end of that scene, they do a fade to white. So there's, like, a few frames where it's just, like, normal coloration. And it's just like, well, obviously, it's just broad daylight. And then they keep turning the, the brightness up and totally goes to white. Um, And then we get the final scene of the movie, which is uh, Science Girl talking to Science Boss uh, about the whole incident and like she is gonna like i guess she has to sign an nda or something um to protect the company because but, she's uh, pregnant and then, caleb and then she's pregnant so the the monster uh the the monster raped her she got pregnant and she decided to keep it yep and that's awful yeah it's it's a science gone bad movie, but no one learns a lesson here. They're like they they do yeah. bad science things the whole movie, and then uh, they continue doing bad science things at the end because it's just a weirder ending. Yeah, um, I might hate this more than like almost any movie we've ever watched. Uh because, like, we've watched movies that were technically worse, but, like... Yes. This movie had the studio budget and, like, had some effects and 
you know, a, a couple of names attached to it. But so like they they could have done something, anything other than this. Like, it's not like they they were forced to make a bad movie by their means or anything. But like they they chose to make the movie this way. Mm-hmm. Like they did this on purpose. These motherfuckers, these motherfuckers had intent and they did this on purpose. Yeah. Uh, so Vincenzo Natale is the director of this movie. Uh, he is making his triumphant return to Netflix and Swill after directing In the Tall Grass last year. And the Tall Grass was fine. Yeah, he got better. Yeah. Good for him. He also did, uh, Cube. The original Cube. Uh, maybe good for him. I didn't see Cube. Oh, uh, I soft recommend that. It's a... Could we I don't know. I think uh for some reason I I was introduced to the Cube franchise from like one of my uh philosophy classes in college, but like they they showed us like a clip from Cube Two. Okay. So like I was I was aware that the franchise was a thing, but like I I wasn't interested enough to seek it out. That eh, makes sense. Uh, is there anything else you want to say about Splice? We've talked about this for far longer than anyone ever should have. Uh, fuck this movie. Fuck it forever. I want this movie to die. I want this movie to get the coronavirus. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, what would you give it? Obviously. Uh, one. <sighs> I'm going one and a half, and here's why. Uh, that, that sex scene in the middle is one of the greatest moments ever put to film in cinema history. Uh, so much so that everyone should watch it. So like, I don't know. Uh, it's not a good movie. Let's say, I'll I'll say that now. It's not good, but my God, it's just that one scene worth it just to watch the whole thing for. There's something wrong with you. Yes. (laughs) Uh, genetics. The the monster has as many powers as we need it to in the movie. Yeah, remember when it got flight it can, all of a sudden? Yeah, it can change its form at will. We we're gonna cut its stinger off, but then it just grows a new one, so there's no consequence to it. All right. Uh, we 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 we've we've talked about splice. Uh, I'm done talking about splice. Uh, let's talk about what we're doing for next week's show, which, uh, I don't know what to do as a main topic. There's still nothing I want to watch, and I think that we should watch on Netflix right now, so. Uh, what do you want to do? You want to roll the dice? You want to just pick something? Because I'm sure as fuck not watching the Umbrella Academy. Oh, no, absolutely not. That's, uh, no, I, no, 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 no. Uh, oh, I have an idea. Let, we missed an animated movie at the be like towards like March or April or sometime in the quantum space known as 2020 uh, called the Willoughby's. Why don't we just do that? It's a it. Oh uh, yeah, it's an hour and a half. It's it's not gonna kill yeah, us. Fuck it. Why not? And then uh, on the back of that, we're going to do a patron requested review from Nick for the Social Network, the movie he calls the movie of the decade. 
an opinion he shares with Quentin Tarantino. So Nick also <sighs> likes feet. I can't wait to probably hate it. That's probably true. Oh, well, Nick and I align most of the time. If I hate this, well, good God, Nick might. Actually, it'd be good. I'd, I'd be fine with him killing himself. <sighs> okay. This week, this movie hurt me. Um, Dan, tell him stuff. Netflixandswill.com is the best place to find us. That gives you uh, links to all of our relevant information, such as social media, our Patreon page, uh, and other such things. Uh, Netflixandswill.com slash listen will take you to uh, our show page on a podcatcher, depending on what app you're on. Uh, if you're on iPhone, obviously it'll take you to Apple Podcasts. And uh, if you're on Android, it'll take you to Google Podcasts. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to fucking put there. It should have been Spotify. Whatever. I don't care. I'm not, I'm not fixing it now. You guys suffer with Google Podcasts, I think. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, uh, follow us on social media, at Netflix and Swill, to take part in polls and cool stuff. Like, possibly badgering Nick Offman and telling us what actually happened to American Ham. <laughs> he was nice enough to respond. Just, just let him be. He was a nice, gentlemanly man. He has a good beard. He really is beard goals. Yeah, I don't know. I'm uh, I liked Parks and Rec a lot, but I'm I'm glad that uh, he's he's done with that, so that he can grow the beard because the beard's pretty fucking cool. Um, that's it. Thanks for listening. Um, I hope you don't ever watch Splice. Uh, until next week, this is Caleb saying we'll see you next Tuesday. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.